0: We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. This episode of Weekly Tech is sponsored by The Good Book Company. You can check out their new Talking Point series book on abortion at thegoodbook.com and learn more about how Christians can think biblically, speak wisely, and act compassionately on the complex issue of abortion. Hello, and welcome to Weekly Tech, a new technology podcast focused on navigating this digital age with wisdom. Each Monday, we dive into the most pressing and talked-about technology stories in order to keep you up-to-date and prepared for your week ahead. Weekly Tech is brought to you by the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, and I'm your host, Jason Thacker. Alongside this podcast each Monday morning, you can receive the Weekly Tech newsletter directly in your inbox that's full of links and the story for the week. You can sign up to receive this briefing each Monday morning at jasonthacker.com slash weeklytech. And as always, all of the links that we talk about will be available in the show notes. This week's big story comes from an excerpt of my recent book, The Age of AI, Artificial Intelligence, and the Future of Humanity, that ran an outreach magazine last week. In this article, I talk about how smart speakers are starting to influence the way that we see ourselves as human beings. According to a 2019 report from NPR and Edison Research, about 53 million Americans own a smart speaker assistant. The consulting firm Ovum predicts that by 2021, there'll be more than 7.5 billion of these digital devices used throughout the world, which is nearly the same number of people living today. But some people are starting to question exactly what these smart speakers might be doing to us. In this excerpt, I highlight an article from Judith Shulevitz, who wrote for The Atlantic, in which she talks about how she's starting to develop an actual relationship with her smart speaker. While this might sound strange to you, it's rapidly becoming a reality for many people around the world. In her article, Shulovitz notes that the power of speech used to be uniquely reserved for human beings, but now technologies such as Alexa, Google Assistant, Siri, and many others have been given this power of voice to be able to communicate with us and interact with us as human beings. And often, because they have this power of voice we start to develop some type of relationship with them. And I've noticed this with our three-year-old who often will interact with Siri and asking her to do various things like play a song for him or what's the weather outside. He's getting used to this and he's growing up with this technology in our home. And I've noticed some of the changes in how he interacts with us and how he interacts with these devices. Have you ever felt like you were communicating with these devices rather than just to them? Have you ever caught yourself feeling like you were just having a real conversation with Alexa or Google Assistant? In the foreword to my new book, The Age of AI, Richard Mao actually talks a little bit about this, how he would find himself responding to his devices such as Siri or Google Assistant by saying thank you after it did something for him. In the article at The Atlantic, Shulovitz said that she even found herself telling her Google Assistant about the sense of emptiness that she sometimes feels. She might be more willing to confess these feelings of loneliness to an inanimate object rather than her therapist or even her husband. Now, you might be rolling your eyes, but this is actually reality. And before we write Shulovitz off, I think we should think about what she's actually saying here. She's saying that we often feel safer or less judged to ask questions, even some of the most difficult questions of life, to these computers or these inanimate objects, and even in her case to confess this sense of emptiness and loneliness. We do this because there's something missing in our hearts. There's something about the way that we see ourselves and the world around us. We know that we're longing for that community, that connection with other people. And as Christians, we know that we were created to live in community with other believers These devices often provide so many different benefits, but for all of the benefits that these modern technologies like artificial intelligence and smart speakers are providing in our lives, they're beginning to alter the way that we view ourselves and those around us. These tools are challenging some of the most fundamental and basic assumptions that we have as humanity. Like, specifically, what does it mean to be human, and what does it look like to live in community with other people? As Christians, we know as human beings, we were created and made by God, distinct from the rest of creation, created in His image. We were made for a purpose, and we know that we're fundamentally different than the rest of the world, even if we choose to deny that fact. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139.13 that we were knit together in our mother's womb. And we were knit together in order to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and minds, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, as Jesus talks about in Matthew 22, verses 37-39. As we seek to learn to live in this world that's increasingly filled with technology, we as believers must be rooted in this biblical understanding of where our dignity and where our worth comes from, knowing that God not only knit us together in our mother's womb, but he knows each of us and he cares for us and he's created us to long to live in community, not only with him, but with other people around us. And in the midst of a pandemic, it's so easy to disconnect, to isolate from other people. But we know that we have to press forward and we have to step in. We have to make the difficult decisions and often the inconvenient decisions of staying in community and connected with other people. Modern technologies like AI might encourage us or give us new opportunities to be able to connect with others around us, but we should also be wary in knowing that the influence of technology in our lives might lead us to disconnect from other people and maybe to connect to a smart speaker or to connect with some other form of technology in this mediated form of communication. And while technologies might challenge certain truths of the universe about what it means to be created in God's image and what it looks like to live in community with one another, we know that we can rest and we can know that our dignity and our worth are secured in Christ because nothing that will ever be created will be able to change those fundamental facts about how God has created us and how he sent Christ to die in our place so that we might have a relationship with him and a relationship with his church for the rest of eternity. If you want to learn more about artificial intelligence and its influence and impact on our lives, as well as how to think biblically about these ideas, you can check out my new book, The Age of AI, Artificial Intelligence and the Future of Humanity. You can learn more at jasonthacker.com slash AI or go to slash podcast to get the show notes and a full list of all the articles we talk about here on Weekly Tech. Next up is the rundown, where we highlight four to five different technology stories to keep you up to date and prepared for the week ahead. First up is an article in Fast Company about the real reason that Facebook confirmed that they had acquired Giphy for $400 million. If you're not familiar with Giphy, it's a large searchable database of GIFs, and that's right, I said GIFs, not GIFs. It runs a large searchable database of these images that can be used on social media and messaging platforms. A lot of people have been questioning about why Facebook would spend so much money to buy this popular platform. And some have argued that one of the biggest values in the deal for Facebook might be the data that they're able to collect on its users. Facebook would be able to learn a lot about hot topics and trends on an ongoing basis by watching people as they select these gifts from various platforms around the world. The next up is an article in Wired about how a Chinese AI giant is making chatting and surveillance easy. iFlyTech launched its first-generation virtual assistant in 2012, but the company was soon training much of its AI firepower on a different challenge, providing real-time translation to help users understand the speakers of other languages. When you take this technology and combine it with China's large population, the emphasis on translation has allowed the company to collect massive amounts of data on its users. The company's data privacy agreement allows it to collect and use personal information for, quote, national security and national defense security, often without users' knowledge. This kind of public-private partnership is very common in China is definitely something for us to keep an eye on. Next up is an article from theologian and ethicist Bruce Ashford about how just war principles apply to drone warfare. In the article, Ashford notes that rapidly developing technologies like drones must be accompanied by ethical reflections on the proper use of those technologies. He writes that the United States has used drones in various types of conflicts and in targeting killing of non-state actors in order to reduce the risk to Western nations and their security. He also writes about a different and more problematic use of drone technology outside of the formal theater of war where operations are often described as policing or surveillance. In the article, Ashford explores questions revolving around the targeting that's inherent in drone warfare, asymmetric risk allocation, proportionality, and discrimination, as well as the concept naked soldiers, as he seeks to evaluate drone technology with the same just war principles that we apply to other forms of warfare. If you want to learn more, you can check out the show notes for that link, and then also check out Dr. Ashford's new book that's coming soon on just war theory. It looks to be a really great read. Next up is a story out of Politico where Senator Marco Rubio has been tapped to serve as the Senate Intelligence Committee chairman. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced last Monday that Senator Rubio will temporarily serve as the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. For those who are not familiar with Senator Rubio, he's one of the Senate's most vocal senators on issues related to Russia and China, as well as a sought-out voice on foreign policy and national security issues. With Rubio in this role, it's going to be interesting to see how he seeks to combat China on the technology front as well as the moral issues inherent to so much of Chinese activity. The last article in the rundown this week comes from Axios where they write about how big tech is starting to aid small businesses, but it might be coming with a catch. It's no secret that many small businesses in our communities are hurting from this pandemic and the many stay-at-home orders and the shutdown orders that have been in effect since the virus started to spread. But big tech companies might be stepping in to offer new tools and technologies to aid these businesses. From Facebook's newly announced shops aimed at creating an e-commerce platform for businesses to DoorDash billing themselves in a way to help struggling restaurants, big tech can ultimately gain more power in their attempts at helping these small businesses stay afloat. Axios reports that the solution for these small businesses is to make sure they own this digital relationship and understand what they're signing up for when they take advantage of these new technologies. The report in Axios says many of these small businesses simply aren't in the position to do that as they're struggling just to keep their doors open. Well, that's it for this week. I want to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and share these episodes with friends and colleagues. As always, if you want to read more about any of the articles we talk about here on Weekly Tech, you can check out the show notes as well as the email newsletter version of this podcast at jasonthacker.com slash podcast. Also, if there's a story you think we need to cover or to share, please email us at weeklytech at erlc.com. Hope you have a great week.